Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I am the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And every now and then I like to do something really special that touches my heart. And so today I have a, a really fun interview with Dr. Elliot St. Hilaire. And um, she has written a book, Who Could Have Imagined? And the reason this book touched me so is that because I, with my own life, I say, who could have ever imagined? And she talks about changing your life and how can you, um, how can you be the person that you want to be, both emotionally and financially, regardless of the things that you have gone through. And so, of course, many of you know by listening to me on the radio for 34 years that I've had my ups and downs as well. And I was talking earlier to Dr. Elliot um, about if I had a penny or nickel for every person who told me I was crazy and everyone told me that I couldn't do this. And, uh, and yet here we are 26 years later, we have um, a billion for under management when they told me that it wouldn't work. And so I can really um, support and embrace um, Dr. Elliot and the things that she said. So that was a very long introduction, Dr. Elliot. And um, you, I'm going to let you toot your own horn and say all the beautiful things that um, have happened. And, and really today um, you've gone over those significant obstacles and you are um, a doctor and you have been able to impact so many people's lives. So how did you start this journey and how did it unfold and what prompted you to write your book? Oh my goodness. What a <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on your show. We can start with the, the pandemic starting. Um, just seeing so many um, people um, fall into anxiety, um, stress, depression, um, because life is no longer as they know it to be. Um, and just the uncertainties, um, not knowing how to face, you know, the uncertainties, um, that's ahead. And, um, you know, there was lots of suicides, you know, increasing at the same time. And so I said, you know what, we're on lockdown. What This is during the shutdown. And I said, you know what, this is the right time for me to, you know, write the book. Um, and so that's where that, you know, um, came from. But over the years, we have had so many people um, tell me I should write a book. Um, when they hear my story, um, I grew up in the Bahamas. We came here when I was six years old. And by the time I was 12 years old, I was pregnant, married at 13. And, you know, you think about 
with a life that, you know, that starts, you know, a past that starts in that direction, you know, every you're you're just set up for, you know, set up for failure. It's written all over. And um, I was actually told, you know, that I was going to be a high school dropout on welfare and, you know, all sorts of things. My life wasn't going to amount to anything. Um, And, you know, I I had all the right reasons for that to happen, you know, um, 12 12 years old, I mean, 13 years old and um, barely, you know, any kind of education. And on top of that, you know, I came from poverty. My parents were immigrants. And so I had all the stack, all the odds stacked against me. But, you know, the thing is, when you have all the odds stacked against you, you have a lot of naysayers around you. <laughs> you have to believe what they say for it to come true. That's what I found. I wow. remember saying to myself at that age, no, that's not going to happen to me. I don't know how it was going to work out, but I remember saying to myself, no, that's not going to happen to me. And so I believe it starts with your thinking. It really starts with your thinking, what you believe for your reality. I call it a paradigm shift because you could have, you can be surrounded by, you know, like I was surrounded by people who told me, what I was going to be and what I was not going to be, what I was going to do and what I was not going to do. But I chose to shut my ears to that. And so even now with, um, even now with um, the pandemic and I'm sure, you know, lots of people are, you know, facing um, all sorts of uncertainties where you don't know what it's going to be. I started step by step, step by step, you know, when my father spoke with me and kind of gave me a little, I would say a little spark of, um, to ignite the fuel, you know, (laughs) showing me that, telling me that, you know, um, just because things happen the way that they have, it doesn't mean that life is over. And that's all I needed. And from there, you know, I was in this, I was in seventh grade at the time. And I said, you know what? He's right. I don't have to give up. I don't have to stop. Who says I have to stop going to school? And so I went on ahead and started going back to school. And then I graduated high school. That was the first step. You know, and from graduating high school, I had two other sons and in the interim. Um, after graduating high school, my husband and I, our marriage um, was, you know, and kind of like um, on, it was quite rocky at the time. I was in the process of making decisions about that as well. Um, did I want to keep this marriage? Did I want to work on this marriage? And God stepped into the picture and, you know, showed me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that gave us, you know, and even making the decision to go in ahead and start applying the principles, the biblical principles, you know, of what a marriage is supposed to look like, what a husband and a wife is supposed to, you know, look like. 
And so that gave us, you know, the principles and standards we needed to build the marriage that we have today. It's 35 years later, we're still married. And, you know, that's really, that's really beautiful. And I noticed in your book, you talk a lot about um, love and honesty and not blame. Right, right, right. And you know, so in that uh, place, you could have blamed everybody. And, oh, and, and yet, that's just a step backwards. It's not a step forward. It doesn't, it doesn't do, it doesn't benefit you to blame, in my opinion. That's how I look at things. I feel like, okay, you blame someone and then what? You know, so wherever I needed to go ahead, I'm not saying close your eyes to what has happened. Have to deal. I had to deal with the different things that entered the different traumas of life. And I talk about, you know, some of that. I had to deal with them. Um, I sought counseling, you know, through prayer, reading scriptures, meditation, you know, um, to deal with them. But blaming and not taking responsibility, it only keeps you in that place. And I chose not to. I didn't want to stay there. When you have, um, and I know you talk about it, if there is no vision, there's no hope. And that was George Washington Carver. And I really believe that to be true because in my own life and shaping my own life, I had to have this vision, this deep, intense feeling that I knew what was right for me, no matter what somebody said to me. And you talk a lot about that spirit of forgiveness. And I believe that so much shame is associated with things that happen in our lives, um, whether you know, we, we have shame around it. And until we forgive ourselves just for being human, um, it's almost impossible to move forward. And with so many things happening in this world today, which is why I wanted to do the interview is to let people know that you, me, um, people who have had that um, naysayers around us telling us that we couldn't do things that we can. Yes, we absolutely can do it as long as we believe in it and as long as we don't we don't own what other people tell us we are which is what you said earlier that's right that's right because to believe it or not we are our greatest setback we are our greatest obstacle because anyone can say anything to you it's if you believe if you choose to receive what is said is what determines your next step. Because what we think is how we act. It starts from there. So if you believe that, you know, what so-and-so said is what's going to happen, then it will happen because you believe it. You've given it that power. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, but I just want to um, read a little bit here. It says, St. Hilaire takes a poignant, unflinching look at her journey from teen mother to certified registered nurse and anesthesiast in this impassionate spiritual memoir. And I think that that is so important to really honor you and congratulate you for that perseverance 
um, that you had. And even though you were desperate, um, you didn't act desperate. You acted, you were resilient and you move forward. And with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more of the things and the challenges that you faced and how you overcame them. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And just again, as I say every week, we're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in the Town Bank Building. We're also in the Village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, which is just across the street from Winkies. And we also service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you'd like to know more, um, please go to ellenbecker.com. And you also can, if you're interested, um, share this interview that I'm having today with your friends by also going to ellenbecker.com. My guest today is Dr. Eliette St. Hilaire, and she wrote a wonderful book called Who Could Have Imagined? And it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And one of the things that I just wanted to read is in 1980, uh, Dr. Hilaire immigrated from Miami to the Bahamas with her family. Instead of living the American dream, what followed was financial hardships, abandonment, abuse, and the unforeseen circumstances that would lead to a child marriage and a teenage pregnancy. She chronicles the spiritual awakening that changed her perspective and transformed her destiny as she committed to living differently instead of simply surviving. So welcome again to the show. And what are what are there steps or what what would be the steps that that you used to transform your destiny? So, you know, every time I hear the story, it just moves my heart. Um, because just like you said, instead of surviving, because we do have the choice, you know, to either, you know, just take it as it is or take the steps to make things, you know, different. And for me, at that point, I had to imagine the impossible for my life. Um, I had giants in front of me and, you know, those giants were um, in the position that I was in, you know, I had what, uh, Barely, uh, um, I had basically a grade school education. Um, you know, I was married. I had a child already. Um, lots of stacks, you know, odds stacked against me, you know. And, you know, the giants of trying to complete a college education, um, being financially independent, having a healthy marriage, family, those were giants for me because with all the odds that, you know, and, and challenges that surrounded me, you know, the world said, no, it's not possible in my circumstance. But I chose to believe that it can be. That was where, you know, imagining the impossible came. And, you know, as they will see how, you know, I, I progressed through you know, this way of thinking, you know? Um, so, you know, you have to also determine your why. And for me, um, I wanted to 
you know, it, I wanted to have that financial security. I wanted to have that financial independence. Um, I didn't want to have to worry about, um, you know, am, am I, you know, are my kids gonna, you know, be in, you know, will we be able to supply food, you know, or have a place for them to live or provide, pay for the bills at the end of the month. Um, those were some of my whys. And so, you know, when you identify your why, you know, to um, achieve the impossible, then, you know, you have to, you know, change your perspective. Um, I mean, for me, that's where it really took into place changing my perspective. I had to believe, you know, that I could. I had to believe, and that's what any of us, we have to believe that we can achieve the impossible despite how difficult it may seem. And I remember going back to school, um, seventh grade, I already had a son, I was married, and you know, I had seven classes, and um, you know, I'd come home, I had uh, you know, honors and AP classes, and then you know, come home, I have to take care of the baby, you know, the husband, and and still, you know, do the schoolwork. And I mean, I was going to sleep like two, you know, two o'clock in the morning sometimes, you know, trying to do everything and then have to turn around and wake up, you know, at six in the morning. How important was it for you to surround yourself with people who inspired you rather than people who diminished you? Oh God, that is super that was super important for me. Um, listening to all those who was telling me that I could not was not helpful. And so I shut my ears to them by, you know, I, I, I kind of isolate, I started to isolate myself. Um, you know, I started choosing who I would spend time with and who I was not going to surround myself with. And then, you know, um, I spent a lot of time reading um, not reading, but um, watching shows like the Oprah Winfrey show, um, you know, listening to um, watching movies, inspirational movies of people who, you know, um, imagined the imp impossible and, you know, overcame. That's how I, you know, was able to change my perspective. Um, and then when I started reading the scriptures, that really helped me a lot. When you think about the people who discouraged you and and the naysayers, as I always called them, and I had a lot of those types of people in my life as well. What I came to realize over time, because I was also very um, naive and very young, was that the reason they were saying is because they didn't believe they could ever do it. And they they had fear and they also felt like not that they didn't want you to succeed, but I think part of it was the stronger I became as I was able to gradually overcome some of this, you became, it became easier. I realized that I was a mirror to what they weren't willing to do, what they weren't willing to risk. And that, that actually sort of empowered me in a way that it became to the point where if somebody told me I couldn't do it, I thought, yes, I can. And I was, I was con more confident as time went right. on. Did you experience that same thing? 
Oh my gosh, Karen, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I didn't realize this till later on, but people project their fears upon you, you know? So because they feel like they can't do something, so they're looking at you who's saying, this is what you want to do. And so they tell you, you can't do it all, you know, as well. And so again, that's where I talk, you know, that's where, you know, the believe in yourself in that paradigm shift and shutting your ears to the naysayers, because in, even in them, they might feel like they're actually helping you, you know, but you know, they, they might feel like they're helping you, but you, on the other hand, you know, deep in your heart, we know what we're capable. And sometimes even when we don't know, because fear is there, you know, we continue to move forward, you know, and going, working towards our journey. And we see step-by-step step we're, you know, heading in that direction and that sense of gratification. I mean, it's priceless. You to this now are really a role model for so many other women and people in your community and in, in your business, that's why people say, write a book, write a book, because they realize that what you've overcome and what you've done is extraordinary. And just by being willing to be so transparent, and that has been something that has been very important in doing this show for me. It's in 34 years, I have never sold an investment. It's always been education and hopefully giving people an insight into their own lives through my life or through your life so that they have the courage to persevere and to take that, that initial step forward because it's really after the first step, I can tell you, it, it's not necessarily easy, but it, it opens up a door that is unmeasurable to be able to, number one, to get beyond the people who are telling you you can't do it. And I don't know about in your life, but in my life, it was my family and it was uh -huh. friends because they they didn't want me to take the risk when they thought that I was already stable and that I was already earning an income to support my family and my children because I never had any child support. And yet I knew that I wasn't in the place that I was meant to be. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because the same with you, you know, the same with you. Um, my, I had family members, you know, who were naysayers around me. I had friends, you know, and again, like I said, they probably all felt like they meant well. Um, but to me and my dream, because when you have a dream, you have to protect the dream. You know, um, and it's like a precious jewel that you really have to protect and cherish because little doubts, you know, little foxes, you know, can penetrate. And then, you know, it slowly but surely it starts to diminish because of the constant naysaying. So, yes, again, you know, having to shut my ears to those naysayers and, you know, taking the step you know, to achieve my goal step by, you know, I remember when I was a registered nurse, we were making good, you know, I was making good money um, and everything. But, you know, I was thinking about my son's futures, you know, college and, you know, um, just, you know, my retirement and, and everything. And I felt like, you know what, you know, we're doing good, but we can do so much better. 
you know, and that took a leap of faith. And we, you know, I remember people saying, you know, what are you crazy? You know, like you're, you're, <laughs> you're so, you know, established and you're, you're so stable and, you know, why would you want to, you know, put that aside to try to pursue for more, you know? And so it's like the level of thinking, right. You know, yes. so it, some of us, you know, it's, it's like, we, we, we just, you know, we can see a mile ahead. You know, you have those of us who can see way beyond the mile ahead. And so the one who sees just a mile ahead, you know, is like, what, what are you talking about? There's nothing out there. And so <laughs> it's too big a risk. It's too big of a risk. And why not take the risk and see what happens, right? Well, I think the truth of it is, is that I always felt that I could take that risk because I always knew I had a choice to change it if it was something that wasn't working or didn't work. I knew that I had the ability to not think that that choice was a choice that was forever and ingrained in stone. There were lots of there were lots of opportunities for me to do something different or to do it differently. Oh, gosh, as long as we're living, as I always tell my sons, we have three sons now, as long as you're as long as there's life and breath, there's hope. OK, yes. as long as you have the chance, you know, to see tomorrow. Today could have been a bad day, but tomorrow is a new day. My guest today, we're going to take a quick break. You and I could talk forever. My guest today is Dr. Elliot St. Hilaire, and she wrote a wonderful book, Who Could Have Imagined? Um, and she talks a, a lot uh, about forgiveness and not where you start, it's where you finish. And I love the transparency because it's the transparency that you have that will help change this world. And with that, we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. Again, I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. My guest today is author and Dr. Elliot St. Hilaire. She wrote a great book, Who Could Have Imagined? And it was almost as if we've been walking the same journey. And so I was so excited to do this interview because for me, um, Dr. Elliot, there was a point where I had three kids and I really was desperate and I had to figure out how to support them. I found myself in the financial industry and I was eventually was making good money and but I didn't really like the direction that I was. And as I said, there was a feeling inside of me that there was more and that I could, I wasn't in the place that I was meant to be. And, um, so I worked and I worked really hard and eventually my why changed. My why started out to be to support my family and to give them the same things that you wanted to give your children. But then my why changed and it became a why to change the industry and to create a better life for more people and to do business in a way that it was ethical and, and I could make money, but my clients would make money and they could retire. Did your why ever change in the midst of everything? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, oh my goodness. You are speaking what I have experienced. Um, again, in the beginning, 
it was desperation, wanting to make sure that I took care of my family. I provided, you know, that we provided for, you know, the children and we wouldn't have to worry, you know, about paying this bill or taking, you know, will we, would we have a place to live and everything um, to, you know, getting an education and, you know, building a career. And, you know, as time progressed, just seeing, you know, the needs of, you know, mentoring and helping others to, you know, be able to have, you know, um, uh, you know, to reach their full potential. That was, you know, my, you know, my why. And I feel like it's still evolving, you know, just looking at what God has done in my life and where I'm at today. You know, I want for other people to be able to experience that fullness, you know, to be able to see that life doesn't have to, you don't have to stay where you're at. You know, that's, that's me. You know, you don't have to stay. God, it makes me want to cry, you know, because my parents, they, they were, they were poor. They came from, they came from the Bahamas, you know, looking for a better life here. But when they got here, life was very hard for them and led to them separating. And with that, you know, I experienced a lot of hardship in the process, you know, and so I, I shouldn't be where I am today, you know, a successful career, you know, where I don't have to really worry, you know, about how my kids are going to be, you know, taken care of or my re financial responsibilities. Um, my marriage is very healthy. You know, we're helping other married couples, you know, build healthy families and marriages helping other, you know, um, students and individuals build a strong career, uh, you know, a great career for themselves to better themselves and their family. I mean, the things that, and even from writing this book, the lives that God has allowed for me to touch, it's just, it's just humbling. It's, it's just amazing because I see the lives and that's becoming my why. And I want to take this as you know, as as wherever I can take it, because I want for people to understand that life doesn't end just because you experience a setback, or uh, you know you're experiencing moments of difficulty, or whatever it is. You know, things can turn around, and it will be more than you could have ever imagined or hoped for. You know, I was speaking to. Um a psychologist the other day and, and did an interview with Dr. Jack. And uh, he said, I asked him what was going on in the world. And he said that we've become a world of what if, what if, and every time you say what if, you're really, there's a negative association with what if this happens, what if. And he said, what if you asked yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? Exactly. What's the worst thing you could happen. And then Take that step forward and, and begin to build the trust within yourself that you can deal with what might be the worst thing. And granted, there are things that we, we can't change. And you've talked about God. I talk about God. And I believe that all of us believe in something, whatever ethnicity or religion or whatever it is that you believe in. Yes. I think yeah. it's something to have a guide, to have a, 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 a guidepost for yourself yeah. to, to relate back to and to have that, um, that centering yes. that, 
that there's someone there guiding you. And I truly believe that I have been so blessed. And I, I don't know. Another question I would ask you is sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm always so grateful and thankful and, and I do my prayers and my thoughts, but I pinch myself and I think, how did I get here? And, and what the grace of God and hard work, of course. And I think for me, it was that every single day I really got up and wanted to do the right thing, whatever yes. that was going to be. And, and I was willing to have a voice to take a stand against what I didn't believe was right. And the courage to, to do that. And it came from within me. Um, it was deep within me that I knew that that's, that's the voice that I had to have. Did you have that same similar experience? <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's as if we spent time talking and we're just rehearsing back, you know, <laughs> the conversations. Um, you have to think about it. Uh, a young girl growing up, you know, um, parents were divorced and I felt like many, you know, I had to fight for my voice, um, you know, because I grew up and my voice was, you know, my opinion did not matter. Um, and, you know, growing up and wanting to help others to get that courage, um, wanting to see others, you know, fight, fight through difficulties to know that you can, you know, just take one step at a time, you know, um, and just having the courage and giving the hope. Like for me, every morning, it's thank you, God, for waking me up because I didn't you didn't have to. You know, and I, I, I hold on to the fruit of the spirit. You know, you talked about forgiveness. And for me, I, you know, whoever I speak with, positivity is very important. You know, if there is something going on, holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness, it only, it's like the poison we're drinking and we're thinking it's hurting somebody else. You know, and that's what unforgiveness and bitterness does. And so for me, you know, something goes on, however I can, you know, deal with it, move on. Because the, the scriptures talk about as long as it depends on you live at peace with everyone. And so that's my goal. You know, however I can encourage, inspire, build, that's, that's what I want to do. I have a little plaque that my sister gave me. I think 20 years ago and it's in my shower and it says live by what you trust and not by what you fear. And that has been something that I also think about all the time. And it sounds really easy, but when you come up against that challenge, that is when, <laughs> that is when that live by what you trust and not by what you fear really steps in. And I sometimes laugh at myself <laughs> because it's, I talk about it, but in principle, when I have to do it, it's tough. And mm -hmm. but it, I, the thing I would say to people is it gets easier and easier and easier when you try, when you really, truly find your voice. Oh gosh, definitely. Definitely. Um, and it's by going through the feet that you develop your, you find your voice when you see, wow, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I kept on moving forward, even in my fear, you know, because there's yes. a lot of things that I've gone through. I did it afraid, 
you know, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but I wanted to do it anyway. And so even in my fear, I would keep moving forward. And as I would continue to move forward, I started to develop my voice because that confidence started kicking in, you know, to see, wow, you know, this, my goodness, not only, you know, did I overcome this one, but here I am, you know, achieving even more than what I thought. And so you have that courage and that you know, confidence to be able to, you know, share that with someone else. And there's your voice right there. Yes. And a true leader, I think, leads by example. And, and that's where people really get to recognize the authenticity and who you are. And you said before how it humbles you. And it really humbles me as well. Yeah. It's, it's very yeah. beautiful. You know, Karen, um, we have leaders that we have seen who, you know, lead and they demand that you, you know, treat them or look at them as the leader. But I say lead by example. Sometimes you don't even have to say a word by your actions. You know, the scriptures talk about by the fruit. You will tell the tree by the fruit that it produces, by your actions, people will be able to recognize who you are. And so I don't have to say I'm a leader by my behavior, by my actions, how I promote and encourage and inspire and build someone else up, you know, and help someone else give them a leg up. That's being a leader. Yes. And I, you know, I have a little story that I'm going to share. I've never shared it on, on, on the radio, but my son um, was taking a class and it was extremely difficult. And he would say to me all the time, mom, this is so hard. I've got dyslexia and this is so hard and it's so hard. You have to understand my son is an adult and, um, and uh, I, was helping him find someone that would mentor him and would maybe be able to help him to learn differently. And my son is 50. And I was talking to this teacher and I said, well, my son has dyslexia. And he says, how do you know? And I said, well, he was tested when he was in grade school. Now he's 50. And and he said, and we talked for a while and he said, you know, I'd like to talk to your son. And so he did. And he said, John, you only have dyslexia because people told you you had it. He said, he said, you, you were given that message and it could have been a bad teacher or it could have been something yeah. then. But he said, all these years you've grown up thinking you have dyslexia. And he said, you can be anything you want to be. And he said, but I'm so embarrassed. And I'm ashamed. Everybody's passing. And here I am 50 years old. And he said, you're not going to see those people again. He said, you, you can do it and you can do it well and my son passed the entire class with straight A's and he never had that happen again I mean never had that happen before and it was the most beautiful thing and I thought how often do we believe what people tell us we are and I as a mother thought that I was doing the best that I could do but all these years he has felt he's had this hanging over his head and yes maybe he did but there was a way of overcoming it that he never really thought about. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. in these years, I never talked about it with him. 
This was mm-hmm. a thing. So what you're saying to all of my listeners out there is it is never too late to become the person that you want to be. That's right. That's right. That is exactly right. It is never too late. Like I said in the beginning, we are our biggest um, obstacle, okay? Because again, people can say whatever. The difference is if we choose to believe what they say. Yes. Okay? That's where it's at. If we choose to believe what they say. Because I don't... Go ahead. Go ahead. It doesn't matter if you're... 18 or 17 or 20 or 50 or 70 or 70 or 70 (laughs) all for it and you know what we have to take a break and we're going to take the break and we will be right back Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I'm having just an absolute ball doing this show today. Um, Who could have imagined? Change your perspective, transform your destiny. Dr. Elliot St. Hilaire, and she has done that. She had went from poverty and so many hurdles to get over to getting to be a nurse and then to have the courage and the strength to become a doctor. Now she talks to um, young people, married couples, to anyone and everyone really, who is really trying to find a way, find a path um, to get on a different journey than they're on today. And so um, we had just, we had so much fun. We just discovered that we'll both be in Florida at the same time. So I think we're going to get a cup of coffee and really have um, a great opportunity to get to know each other. This is my first time that I've ever talked to Dr. Elliot. And so we only have about three minutes or so. What would you like people to garnish from the interview with us today? Um, In addition to going to the local bookstores, they can get your book, Who Could Have Imagined, um, and they can contact you. What, What is it? What would you like to leave my listeners with? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's just so much. But what I would like, you know, to, for people to take away from this is um, you have to, you know, to, to go on ahead and believe the impossible. You have to, your destiny what one person says or does not say does not define who you are. Setbacks, difficulties, obstacles do not determine where we're gonna be. As long as there's life and breath, there's hope. The ability to achieve, it doesn't matter if you're 15, 50, you've experienced setbacks or not the ability to achieve the impossible is there. You just have to believe, shut your ears to the naysayers, set the boundaries, do the work, and you will see step-by-step you're living the life that you thought you would experience. And it's, it's all in your mind. It's in your mind and your heart. It's in your mind. It's in your heart, you know, again, where are greatest setbacks? 
My guest today is Dr. Elliot St. Hilaire, and her book is Who Could Have Imagined? And it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And we talked a little about, bit about the book and desperation. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about her spirituality, what helped her overcome her fears, what helped guide her. Um, and she had said in there, and it was a, a quote from George Washington Carver, if there is no vision, there is no hope. And moving forward um, in, in your, own, your own light, and being able to recognize. And, you know, I remember saying that there was this little candle who, you know, was in with all these big candles. And she said, I have no value. I have no value. And then they took the candle and they put it in a dark room. And that one candle lit up the whole room. Sometimes we don't see our light. And if you're in that audience today and you know you got light, but you can't see it, if something is over, over you and keeping you from trying, we're both here to say you can do it. And so I yeah. want to thank you so much for being my guest. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.